Happy Thursday, everyone. It is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hello, my pop culture junkies. And for those of you who are new to this podcast, I thought I would sort of do a little intro of what this podcast is, because I listen to some of my favorite podcasts and they do it every week. And I was like, you know, maybe I should do that. Some weeks I have a guest, some weeks like this one, I do not. And it's just little old me. So I thought I would kick it off this week. And that is just a little description of what we are. And that is a pop culture podcast. And there are a lot of them out there. So what makes us a little different? And I say us right now, it's me and David, my amazing producer who deals with my emotional dramas on the daily. And just a little brief on that. I can withstand almost anything, but when I have a technology meltdown, I melt down. So we can get into that. But pop culture, there are a lot of podcasts out there. This stems from my newsletter, which I write weekly. It appears on Medium and it is called Pop Culture Mondays. It is free. If you want it in your inbox, you can send me a note at brookhammerling at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me for as long as Twitter is still in existence. Um, at Brooke, I am on Twitter. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm at Brooke on Instagram. That's B-R-O-O-K-E. And what the newsletter started as is a way to sort of summarize what's happening in the world that many of my busy friends might have missed, whether it's pop cultural from a TV show, a movie, a trend on TikTok, breaking news, politics, technology. I mean, it bleeds into everything. And started the newsletter a couple years ago and now have this podcast. And this podcast is not a companion pod to the newsletter. That means you do not need to have read the newsletter, though I wish you would. You do not need to have read the newsletter to understand this mad trail of pop culture zeitgeisty stuff that's happening each week that I talk about. So this week, oh gosh, I don't even know where to begin. If you're just tuning in, the things that we seem to talk a lot about, and I really don't want to talk about them anymore, are sort of boring trends like Elon, who we now really refer to as Space Karen. There are other things we talk about a lot. Uh, Harry Styles, for example, I was just informed by my Spotify wrapped that Harry Styles was my number one artist. I'm such a basic bitch. It was Harry Styles, then Taylor Swift, then all these different reggae artists. Though I will say also my rap was completely warped, if you will, because I play a lot of music for my dog, Potato. I leave my house and I say, Alexa, play music for dogs. And Alexa plays music for dogs, which apparently now, unbeknownst to me, but according to Spotify Wrapped, consists of Bach, Chris Christofferson, and John Mayer. No offense to Bach or, well, really to Bach, but I am not a Chris Christofferson or John Mayer fan. So, um, I mean, and specifically, I'm not a John Mayer fan at all, just personally um, or, or professionally. And listen, I know he does a great job for the Grateful Dead. I know all the deadheads love him, but um, I choose not to listen to his music. But apparently I am forcing it onto my dog. And now my dog probably will seek therapy. So that's fine. But but back to Space Karen. Space Karen has just continued to make news and continued to make um, annoying little news cycles for all of us. And we're held sort of, I, I feel like we're held captive. Like maybe it's going to become Stockholm Syndrome. Maybe we're just going to start 
making excuses for space Karen and being like, well, he's not so bad because we're getting used to it and we're just being thrown. I mean, he's the new Trump where it's just like you don't know what's going to happen and he just does things out of the blue and he does things to poke bears and to create news cycles and to create controversy. He does it purposely. So what we're real lucky on that one. Some of the things that we have been recently confronted with, which I took major offense to one particular one, was for no reason whatsoever, I don't believe anyone asked, he tweeted a picture of, of uh, his bedside table, so to speak. So he says, who the fuck knows if it's really his bedside table, if it's some random person's bedside table, if it's his latest girlfriend's bedside table. I, as far as I know, like Elon doesn't live anywhere. He's always sort of on the move. But this is a very chaotic bedside table situation. Like the things that offended me are not going to be what offended everyone else. It's like there is a a pistol that looks like it has bullets or something on his bedside table. There is an old uh, uh, musket that is attached to some sort of, you know, American history. I think it was like Washington crossing the Delaware. But again, I've really, I'm just making this up. This is like what's in my brain now, but some musket situation. And then the two things that offended me the most is this like old school mahogany table thing that it's on that is like bedside side table and then diet Coke cans. But in particular, because anyone who knows me knows I, it's the one thing I share in common with Donald Trump and some other despicable people is my love of diet Coke. I, a diet Coke a day, I, I limit myself to, but God, and I'm a can girl, by the way, not bottled, not, not, uh, I mean, I will take it at a fast food restaurant, like in, you know, the ice, that's maybe the best with a straw, but a can of diet Coke, but it's diet Coke. It's the silver can, the silver with the red iconic, you know, what is not iconic. You know, what is like nails on a chalkboard to me, what literally throws me into a tailspin the gold can Diet Coke, because no one drinks gold can Diet Coke that we ever want to hang out with. And that is caffeine free Diet Coke. The fuck is the point? Like literally you're just ingesting chemicals, a brown, disgusting drink without the caffeine. I mean, it's just, it's, it's sadistic. You're literally just poisoning yourself for no reason. There's no sugar. There's no caffeine. It's a gold can. It's it's like tab to me back in the day. It like sort of has that that feel. Um, and it's just it's it's chaotic. And it's it's a psychopath if I've ever seen it. Obviously, the liberals, which I guess I am a part of, but I did not get so up in arms about the gun stuff because, you know, what do we expect? I mean, really, what do we expect? He's aligned himself with the far right. He has aligned himself with um, the fringe in many ways. So, of course, he's going to be like, look at me, I'm a gun. He's also, let's be clear, a white man who grew up in apartheid in South Africa. This, as I have said, is an entirely different brain. This is an entirely different psychology. This is an entirely different kind of person. I mean, it's like the the famous South African runner who uh, had has now been convicted of murder when he murdered his wife. He's the runner who had the disabled runner with the false legs. Um, amazing runner. And I think was it? I can't remember his name. Petraeus or something. No, that's not right. That's the general. But you know, do you remember his name, David? I can't. But um, he's a bad man who slept with a gun by his bed, paranoid and claims he thought there was a, a, a break-in in his house, 
when he shot his girlfriend, I guess it was, beautiful woman in the bathroom like 850 times. Ah, David came up with it. Pistorius, right? And he, on his knees, because he had not put his his legs on, jumped out of bed and had a, a gun apparently by his bedside and shot directly into the bathroom thinking he was sh- claiming he thought it was an intruder um, like 840 times, which obviously killed this this woman. And he has uh, gone to prison for it. It's that's it's giving me that vibe. That's what that's what Space Karen is giving me, you know, like the the jacked up on caffeine free diet coke jacked up on something else entirely um but it's the it's the white male over 40 guy who's raised in apartheid south africa i just there's no changing him it's just not going to happen um and i used to think that his mom i was like you know she's such a classic woman she must be sort of tearing her hair out and perhaps you know scolding him on the on the sides but no, I was wrong. I mean, obviously, the 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 fruit does not fall far from the tree. Uh, I think Kara Swisher, who full disclosure is my dear friend, I don't always agree with Kara, and I I uh, say that publicly. But uh, Kara Swisher uh, tweeted something about her disappointment in Elon and not telling the truth, and Elon was like said something like, "Do you remember when you used to be an honest reporter?" I'm 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 totally missing all of the details here. But then his mother, who I guess had been interviewed by Kara in her previous podcast, uh, I think for her book, said, as a woman, I mean, I just don't think anybody of a certain age should be using language like hashtag cringe. But she did. And she did that on on Twitter, where she was like, "Ugh!" and I was on her podcast. Like, trust me, uh, it was bad news or something like that. I'm, I'm again, I, I'm, I'm extrapolating what was said, but I do know it was hashtag cringe and is what she said. And I just, it's all so boring to me. It's all so terrible. And I want it to all go away. And there is this new um, uh, Twitter like social platform that is growing in in awareness and that's called post um i did not get the at brook handle the woman who got it is gleefully sharing it on twitter and tagging me but i did not want the at brook handle for that very reason so i'm at brook hammerling on post i have yet to tweet or post i should say but um it'll be interesting to follow i think there's room for so many of these and twitter now seems to feel like if you watch um, cable news in the daytime. That's what it feels like. Like it's a lot of noise and then ads for like my pillow and like the coin collection that, and, and that you want to collect the coin collection or like, um, making sure you cover your funeral costs. I mean, that's basically what Twitter feels like. It's daytime cable TV. There's no more cool advertising. I am being, I am being served the worst kind of ads um, I also have been served an entirely new type of spam, and that is hardcore pornography. Uh, because I'm a verified user, because I have a, a, a short user handle, I don't know if that's it. I don't know if it's just I'm targeted specifically or if it's just being sent out. But I have, you know, I open it up and it is hardcore video porn. I am not uh, agreeing to that. Uh, it's not a, uh, you know, going to... S- Pornhub, for example, where you have agreed to be there, you have 
certified you're over 18, uh, you are going there by choice. Instead, on Twitter, I am being served hard, hardcore pornography. And it's just mind-blowing. Um, and I know the numbers have gone up, uh, you know, a, a, a huge amount, and that's only going to get worse um, as as this amnesty program Space Karen has opened up, which is allowing all these formerly suspended users back on the platform. So we have that, um, and that is at the as well as why Apple. Uh, is looking at the terms of service and seeing if if Twitter is violating their TOS, which is why Space Karen has picked a fight with Tim Cook and Apple on Twitter, because I think some much smarter people than me on Twitter have said this is a strategy. So when they do get suspended from the App Store, uh, Elon and team can say it's a personal vendetta. And this is revenge for him going after them. But he called out Tim Cook and Apple for not advertising on Twitter. He did tweet that from his iPhone. Just gets funnier and funnier. His cronies like David Sachs, who I know and I've liked and I have socialized with in the past, but he's gone on to like Tucker Carlson to talk about this sort of grand conspiracy. So it's just, it's ongoing. And then the last thing about Space Karen that I will say is that his ex-wife, the mother of a majority of his children, I think five of them, including um, the child who has disowned themselves from Elon, his former son, now daughter, but she claims to have gotten rid of his name, last name and all of that. But the mom, who still goes by Musk, I, I should say, she took umbrage, which is a subtle sort of diplomatic way to say it, with Elon's tweet, where Elon was saying that Alex Jones will never be allowed back on the Twitter platform because he personally held his dying child in his arms. Uh, Elon had his first child with his first wife, um, died a few months, as a few months old, tragically. And he said that after having a ch his child die in his arms, that he firsthand knows what that's like and would never allow Alex Jones, who's obviously destroyed parents um, by claiming that their children were not murdered and it was all a conspiracy. He would not allow him ever on the platform, which is, you know, good news that he would not allow Alex Jones. There is some limit, I suppose. Um, but then you had Elon's ex-wife say, uh, just FYI, in case anybody cares, it was actually me who held my child uh, die and, and the child died in my arms. And it's really tragic and it's terrible that this is all playing out in public and this is stuff none of us should be privy to and yet it's all playing out. So la-ti-da, here we are. Another thing dominating the pop culture waves is, is political. We really do strive to be Trump-free. When Pop Culture Monday started, that man was sitting in office as president, and it was part of the reason why it started. Is sort of we all needed an escape, and it was really billed as Trump-free. And in fact, when I did mention Trump, um, it was like an inevitable thing. I had to bring him up, and this is like a year or so into the newsletter. I got a bunch of emails from pretty, some pretty influential people as well that said, "Loved this week's too much Trump. Don't do that again." So. That being said, there is this scandal with Trump having dinner with Kanye West and a name I'm not going to even mention, far, far, far right extremist who is a Holocaust denier. His name is not 
worth leaving my lips. They had dinner at Mar-a-Lago. Everybody's speaking out on both sides about Trump. Trump is doing the classic, well, I had no idea. I had no idea who this guy was. I have no idea who Kanye was bringing to dinner. Like, can you even imagine? It's just, it's so fucked up. But we're not going to talk about it. I don't even want to get into it because trying to live my best life and say this is Trump-free, we're going to try to practice what we preach. But the other big scandal does sort of go back to Kanye a bit because up until recently, Kanye and Kim and many other celebrities' favorite fashion brand was Balenciaga. And this was the lead story in the newsletter this week. And it is, you know, midweek that I'm recording this. We're a bit in the time machine, but it is it is not dying down. This story is even getting more and more traction and gaining more steam. Uh, and I think it, the reason why is people don't care. Like Dolce & Gabbana, they did crazy, you know, homophobic things and they were canceled for a minute, but the story died down and then, you know, everybody was fine with it. The reason I think this hits something, and maybe I'm totally, maybe I'm totally wrong, but in my opinion is that Balenciaga, nobody really has liked their brand. It's ridiculous. Like Kim Kardashian wearing that full-on face mask, like you couldn't see her. She looked like, you know, a person in a green screen suit from the, the mesh covering her face all the way to her fingertips and her toes, all black. She also wore the police tape that wrapped her up, the yellow tape. It said Balenciaga. They did that partnership with Crocs and they had high heel Crocs. You have Kanye wearing those ridiculous boots that look like cartoon boots that look just ridiculous. And I think ultimately we have been told as a society that this is fashion, that this is avant-garde, that you're edgy, that if you don't like it, then you're basic. So you have to applaud it and, and, and celebrate it. And then we've talked about this brand here, and certainly on the newsletter over the years, the last fashion show they had, Kanye was still connected to the brand and opened it up. And it was like post-apocalyptic, people looking glum, wearing glum clothes, stomping through mud. And I think what people are finally able to say and admit and not be judged is like, this brand sucks. Like there's just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, that the high fashion people will come after me, but even the business of fashion handed their award back that they'd given the creative director. Everyone keeps asking me, when am I going to speak on this? When I've been speaking on how whack Balenciaga has been for the longest time. Let me buy this toilet paper on a stick real quick for $300,000 and call it fashion. Okay, but let's talk about the controversy, which is obviously despicable, gross, vile, ew, puke. I really don't think people should be coming after the parents of the child models because those parents showed up to a, a photo shoot not thinking that their kid's going to be in this like controversial campaign. And Balenciaga has been so weird for the longest time. I think we need to just blame Balenciaga. And that's it. And the people that were involved. I just think it was trying to be a troll for troll's sake. It was putting these products out to get people talking. A $2,000 blue bag that is literally the exact uh, bag that Ikea people have that when you're shopping at Ikea, that huge blue bag. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I think now people are able to finally say, you know what? We never liked that brand. It's terrible. But what they did and, and, and are being canceled for, and rightfully so, was that they launched a problematic campaign that was not limited to, but included 
children promoting bondage, basically. Children, little toddlers in, in photos holding bondage bears, stuffed animals that were wearing bondage outfits, but also scattered around them with sort of chaotic Balenciaga products. And then what the mystery is, certainly in this particular campaign, is that in one of the photos, there is a, a messy desk with a handbag on it, and there's a bunch of papers under the desk, under the handbag on the desk. And if you zoom in, you're able to see that it's actually pages of a ruling from the Supreme Court around child pornography. So what that says is, is this the photographer trolling the brand? The brand certainly seems to think so and has sued the creative agency and those that made the campaign for $25 million. But as anybody with any sense and certainly any experience in, in working with a company and brand or whatnot knows is that there is no fucking way a campaign is launched, it, whether it's print, online, TV, anything, TikTok, Instagram, without 18,000 approvals. I mean, it takes so much. It's not just like, okay, go launch it. We're fine. The CEO needs to be aware, the brand director all of the decision makers, whether it's a board, whether it's the executive team, it is a slew of people that need to approve this. So for them to say, we had no idea, it's just preposterous to me, preposterous. There are also some other things that I didn't even get into in the newsletter, but one of the pictures featured a book. Again, I learned this all from TikTok, and I don't know if it's TikTokers creators that identify this and then mainstream media is reporting on it or vice versa. But so for me, I'm just going to say, as George Hahn said, for me, I am going to go with the fact that I think this has all been uncovered by citizen journalists. But another, another little part of this mix. So you have the kids in bondage sort of photos with carrying bondage bears. You have these court documents around child pornography. There's in one of these photos, there is a book featuring Belgian artist Michael Boramans, which I am sure I'm pronouncing incorrectly. Maybe it's Mikhail, Mikhail Boramans. And this is a very, not my kind of, of artist, but apparently very uh, controversial. And some of the photos that they works includes depictions of castrated toddlers, lots of children, very much not my style not anyone's style. So, you know, there's got to be meaning into all of this, into these sort of Easter eggs, as people say. So Balenciaga has obviously pulled the campaign. There is now a TikTok trend of everyone sort of showing the different Balenciaga stores throughout the world that are empty, which normally have ropes and, and lines because it has become super popular with the influencer set due to the, the Kardashianization and others on TikTok of this brand. And so whether it's in Dubai or in Los Angeles or New York, the Balenciaga stores are, are empty. And then you're also seeing a, a growing trend on TikTok where people are saying, I would be giving away my Balenciaga or throwing it out if I ever had any, but it's a shit brand. And now you're seeing people actually start to admit it. I would throw away all of my Balenciaga things because of the controversial campaign, but I don't own any because that shit is ugly. And then you're also seeing people get rid of their of their products. So Balenciaga is in real hot water. I think it is 
shining a light on something that we've all secretly known in the back of our minds that, you know, we've just been part of a conspiracy <laughs> to make it seem cool because that's what those famous people are being paid to do. And lastly on this, uh, as of right now, as I'm recording this so far, m many celebrities have not come out against it. And I know that some people are saying, let's blame the man behind it. But there are lots of celebrities, men and women, who have aligned themselves with Balenciaga. And when I say align themselves, I mean they've taken big, big checks. Those include Kim Kardashian and Nicole Kidman. Kim Kardashian has, has released a statement on Twitter that she's not happy with them and she is looking into it further basically. Nicole Kidman in a great PR move, I guess to deflect, but uh was was filmed at The Music Man, uh which is a Broadway show starring her friend Hugh Jackman at the some I don't think it's at every show, it's certainly not, but um I guess there's some designated shows where they at the end of the show after everybody's clapped and whatnot, some of the cast come out and they're, it's like a night that they're raising money for the charity uh, for Broadway actors and so forth. And it's a great charity and they usually do auction items and so forth. And in this Music Man, you had Hugh Jackman and another co-star getting um, the audience excited about bidding on Hugh Jackman's hat that he wears in Music Man. And you see the excitement build. Somebody was $20,000, $50,000. And then Nicole Kidman, in the middle of the audience, stands up and says, $100,000. And it's a beautiful thing, except one wonders if it was a deflection. It's right in the middle of the Balenciaga scandal, which she just walked the fashion show for and has said nothing about. Obviously, I don't think that's really true. I don't think she's that calculating. And I think she really wanted to give money to a good cause. But just so you kids know what people are talking about out on the socials. And yet another, we can't have nice things. If you remember last week, we talked about Kevin, who is this guy on uh, TikTok, who's sort of like a classic nerd who has seduced TikTok audiences far and wide, women, men, but really was able to showcase how powerful the eyes can be. It turns out due to many TikTok creators, including Aunt Karen, who is a well-known sort of, I don't know what you want to call Aunt Karen. She goes after people and tries to bring right the wrongs of injustices. So people that go crazy at restaurants that are racist, that are go full Karen in, in public places. In this instance, she uncovers, and I'm sure there were other people, that he is a like misogynist in other platforms. And this is an act in that he's actually an asshole. So we just can't have nice things. So our nerdy crush, Kevin, who I think was in my sort of like who I want to make out with, whether last week or the week before, turns out to be an asshole, which totally maps based on my radar of guys that I usually get crushes on. So red flag, red flag, red flag alert. He is another one. So it's been, it's been a week. I can only imagine what else is going to happen between now and when I write my newsletter next Monday. And for those of you who do get my newsletter, I had a bit of a tech meltdown. Um, I'm not promising it's going to be ready by next Monday, but I have a system. It's my system. It's a terrible system, I'm sure, but because I use Medium, you can subscribe to Medium, which, which thousands and thousands do to my newsletter, which is awesome, and you get that via Medium in your inbox. 
But I also have thousands of people who do it via email. So they sent me, sent my sort of subscriber email and get it that way. And then my system is really archaic and it's basically set up through Outlook distribution groups. And there's a lot of them. And due to some technical mishaps, those were not saved in the cloud and my computer broke. And when Apple brought me back my computer, it had been wiped and all of those groups were gone, meaning thousands and thousands and thousands of subscribers. But we're working on it. And I have Microsoft to thank, I have to say. Never in a billion years would you believe that Microsoft has been amazing and are trying to help me find all of those contacts and rebuild my subscriber list sort of one by one. But if you didn't get it in your inbox this week, this is why. Have patience with me or sign up on medium.com slash Mondays. I am in New York City. It is cold and rainy. I am going to the tree lighting ceremony at Rock Center this evening. My first ever in my 48 years on this planet and as a, as a born and bred New York person. I've never gone. I have no interest in being around that many people. I'm doing it from above. So I'm going to be in somebody's office looking down, but it's so exciting. It's very festive, especially because I have not felt the Christmas spirit. And so I am going to do that. And then this week, if you are in New York, if you're in New York between now and December 23rd, please, please, please go down to South Street Seaport and go to the Choose Love pop-up shop. We talked about it last week with Choose Love founder and CEO, Josie Naughton. I went by today, it is glorious, it really is, and you are doing an amazing thing. Um, you can also go online at choose.love and buy something for the holidays for refugees. And refugees are definitely on people's minds because the movie Swimmers, which I have talked about, is dominating the streaming records and is one of the top stream films in the world. It's on Netflix and it is a really incredible movie. I'm hearing from so many people who are reaching out to tell me that they watched it, that they loved it, that they cried, that they felt joy. There's so many feelings. And if you're a Sia fan, like I am, the soundtrack is incredible. You have a lot of Sia that gives you, you know, a lot of emotional feelings. And then the other content I will say that is dominating, I think it is it is surpassed uh, Stranger Things. It just broke Stranger Things records. And that is Netflix's Wednesday, which is starring Jenny Ortega and our favorite Wednesday, Christina Ritchie, who is not playing Wednesday Adams, but in fact, playing a teacher at Wednesday Adams boarding school. I can't I just I can't tell you how much I love the show. Tim Burton is back. There is no Johnny Depp. It is extraordinary to see these new actors make names for themselves. It is creative. It is fun. It is really a mix between Harry Potter and Hunger Games. And that's cool. I'm here for it. And I really, really wish that I could pull off black hair and black nail polish and just like that whole goth look. It's just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work on me, but I admire it, respect it, and am jealous of it. So that is it, I guess. I, I I guess to be consistent, I have to do a makeout, marry, and mute, even though it's just just little old me. But I would make out definitely with the entire cast of Wednesday. It's so good. Um, everyone is so interesting. All of the actors, they just have a really good rapport. I 
And then moving on to other content, <laughs> which I, I'm just going to touch on now. If you're not watching The White Lotus season two, honestly, I don't know who you are. You disappoint me, you guys. This is a pop culture podcast. You must watch The White Lotus. I should dedicate an entire show to this series and maybe will do when it ends. I think there are only two more episodes, which is really upsetting. The show is everything. I would marry... I mean, it's it's hard to say. I, I would marry almost so many of the of the cast on that show, but I would definitely marry the icon Aubrey Plaza. I don't think I'm alone. I, uh, Aubrey is not only she's a gay icon, but she's a straight icon. I mean, men love her, women love her, we all love her. Straight people, gay people. She is she's everything. She's just that perfect sort of what you have that inside voice, like when you want to roll your eyes hard. Aubrey does that. She's just the sarcastic, eye-rolling response we wish we could give people on the daily. But as you know, humans, we try to be better, some of us. So I would marry Aubrey Plaza and I would mute the entire Musk family. That's it. Still, I think I've, I've muted Space Karen a lot on the show, but now I'm going to just say the entire family. And I, I have friends that are friends with them. I am sorry. It's not personal, um, but I just say mute. Mute, 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 mute. So that is it, you guys. Next time I will be back in Los Angeles and hopefully we'll have a guest. I am very last minute when it comes to booking guests. So it's, you know, anyone's guess who next week's will be. Until then, stay cool and I'll see you on the other side. Pop culture.